Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Shields. Across the Margin, the podcast is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com. Check out all their podcasts, all their live events, everything they got going on. That is OsirisPod.com. In this episode of Across the Margin, the podcast, we present an interview with Pat McGee, a documentary director in both film and television who works to unearth character-driven stories that push to find common ground. Most recently, Pat directed and produced the award-winning documentary From the Hood to the Holler, which is the focus of this episode. It's a feature on political activist Charles Booker of Kentucky, one of the rising stars of the progressive political movement. Pat's other film credits are notable. Also this year, he executive produced and directed the soon-to-be-released project about Warren Jeffs, the leader of the former Latter-day Saints for Warner Brothers and Discovery. His debut feature documentary, called American Relapse, won feature documentary honors at film festivals across the country. In 2018, Vice TV launched the original Pat McGee picture series, Dope Sick Nation, a 10-part documentary about the opioid epidemic in Florida. In early 2020, Pat directed and produced the feature documentary Bernie Blackout for Vice TV. And another documentary feature credit of his is The Deported, featuring Rosario Dawson. From the Hood to the Holler finds political activist Charles Booker working to unite people of all socioeconomic backgrounds while fighting against big money in politics, voter suppression, and systemic corruption. Running in the Democratic primary for the U.S. Senate seat held by Mitch McConnell, Charles Booker attempted one of the biggest upsets in political history by challenging establishment-backed candidate Amy McGrath. From the Hood to the Holler follows Booker's campaign across Kentucky from the most urban to the most rural settings, with Booker and his team rewriting the campaign playbook the entire time. Instead of exploiting divisions, they lean into the idea that average Kentuckians have common bonds, united by their shared day-to-day fight to survive. Booker works to represent Kentuckians, both black and white, who feel entirely left out of the political process. In From the Hood to the Holler, Pat captures a young man finding his voice as a leader in his incredible journey against all odds. Booker's message is simple. Whether you from the city, the hood, like Booker, or the Appalachian holler, you are not invisible. So in this episode, me and Pat discuss what makes Charles Booker such a special candidate, one that is particularly suited for tackling the problems facing Kentucky in these uncertain times. We discuss how genuine of a human and public servant Booker is, and how painful losses in his life and the Black Lives Matter movement affected his campaign and his life. We expound upon Booker's new Southern strategy, his uncanny capacity to thoroughly listen to his constituents on the campaign trail, his forthcoming electoral face-off with Rand Paul in November, and so much more. This is really a great interview. Pat's got some excellent insight into who is really a truly inspiring politician uh, and candidate. Um, You're going to want to hear this one to learn more about Charles. Um, And so here we are. Here is my interview with Pat McGee. Cross the margin. Cross the margin. Podcast. 
yeah, let's get into from Hood to the Holler. It's funny, I uh, or interesting. I was so inspired just by learning about Charles' story, you know, just following him in the news, and then you know, getting on his Twitter feed and seeing what he's all about. And then I get into your documentary, and I can't tell you how inspired I am by him now, and and what he was doing, what he was doing in Kentucky, and you know, so it's it's just it's excellent work. It's it's a great doc. I'm glad to be able to talk to you about it and spread the word some. So I'm curious when uh, to kick us off here. When was it you got inspired by Charles's story and started, you know, working on it with him and, you know, kind of got involved right in there with the campaign? Great question. Uh, the first I heard of Charles Booker, uh, I, I was finishing a project with uh, Bernie Sanders. It was called Bernie Blackout. And we really followed, yeah, we followed Bernie Sanders on the campaign trail to talk about media and, uh, you know, the portrayal of Bernie Sanders and, and his efforts. And that finished and it was a quick turnaround COVID had just hit mm -hmm. we literally got done with uh bernie blackout it premiered on vice tv and after being on the road and doing a quick turn doc i was back home with my wife and family and and you know i'm like kind of like everybody else i was like a little shocked everything ended abruptly for the sanders campaign and i remember uh someone sending me a clip of this gentleman, this young young man in, in Kentucky, Charles Booker, and I watched this uh, this little clip, and I ex I would just gravitated toward. It. I was inspired instantly. I was curious. I was I wanted to be involved. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know who he was, where he came from, all you know, all the questions that everybody has. And so I literally reached out to the campaign, mm -hmm. I believe through Twitter, and. Um, Asked them if I could come down and if they would, you know, have me if I could, if I could meet Charles in the campaign and I wanted to, you know, tell his story. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, I just got off the campaign trail following Bernie Sanders. COVID is completely going, it, it's happening. And uh, I remember, you know, talking to my wife and saying, you know, what do you think? And she said, you know what? You got it. You got to do it. You, you know, this is it. You know, and it was, you know, um, it, it's amazing how like one small little piece of media can, you know, get someone yeah. grab you like that. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, yeah. COVID is a part of the story. I mean, it, it was interesting seeing him out there campaigning. You know, you never know who's going to come out to these things with COVID being the case. But, you know, it really takes a special candidate to push through. And, and, and something like that, and, and a candidate who is inspired. Um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about, and just knowing the campaign and now knowing him so so well, what does, because someone did say in the, in the documentary, I, I'm not exactly sure who at this moment, but, uh, you know, kind of like they saw him as like a generational candidate. And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what makes him special and why people like you, people like me, have are gravitating to this and, and, and people in Kentucky from all walks of life are gravitating to him. I, you know, that's a great point. Um, I think, you know, people, especially in a younger generation, they know what, they have a better sensibility of what's authentic. Yeah. I think they can cut through the crap. They know what's produced. They know what's fake. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when they saw Charles in the street with this honest voice, you know, speaking truth to power, yeah. you know, it, it honestly, connects and you know it, it's it's refreshing and to know that there's people 
like him that want to be involved in the process mm -hmm. after they've been shut out for, for so long. And I think when you saw all sorts of people just gravitate toward him, white, black, rich, poor, it doesn't matter from yeah. both sides of the state. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it's, it's, uh, it's important to note that there's people like that still out there. Yeah. And you know, he's, at the, you know, he's 30, he was 36 or 37. I mean, it's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Really. Um, it also, it's, it, it's, you know, I was inspired by him, but I was also, I got a lot of hope in a lot of different angles. And one of them was seeing that people in Kentucky, and then this speaks to, I think, rural America, whether it's West Virginia or whatnot, that, that people would, you know, regardless of race or, 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 or a lot of different things, regardless of whatever um, side of the aisle they might be on, they do want to, to, uh, to help. They need help. They need, you know, this authenticity. So it was interesting to see how Kentucky kind of spoke to the fact that like change can happen in, in places that I wasn't sure it could really happen, that progressive candidates could do well. Was it interesting to see kind of uh, people in different parts, specifically the more rural outside the city, be attracted to this? And was it surprising to see that they, they were taking to this message? Because he went to some some really known racist towns and he was getting out there really spreading the message everywhere which is incredible yeah i mean i i, I agree i mean i think it, it's it's a, a tribute to his campaign and to charles to be brave enough to go into some of those places in the state where people right. just kind of write them off they don't think that they count they think that they're just going to like turn in a vote for you know um you know like the other side or something and he just wanted to like include them all. And so when you see that bus go into some of these places mm -hmm. where you know people have been ignored in the process and taken a grant and taken granted for, I think they automatically they like, wow, this guy actually cares. He's mm -hmm. actually going to listen. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, it's a you know, I'm I'm not a politician. Um, I am a storyteller. And when you have people that are willing to listen to you yep. and engage in a conversation. As a storyteller, that's, you know, that's paramount, you know, that's huge. And um, he's willing to do that. He, he'll listen to anyone. He'll talk and engage yeah. to anyone. Yeah. And it's, the other part of it is people just kind of forget about it and then walk away. Yeah. It's um, interesting. The, the, yeah, his idea of the new Southern strategy, and it's really, it's seeing a commonality. I mean, it, it speaks to the title of your doc. You know, he, he sees the struggles of like the West End where he's from to the other parts of Appalachian. I think that's important. We, you know, we have more in common than, than, than you know, uh, than we think sometimes. And you see it in this film, seeing him going. And a new Southern strategy was definitely really inspired to me. His, um, his opponents are worth noting, talking about, because I mean, not only was he poised to hopefully go against Mitch, which he didn't, which is, you know, the Senate majority leader, he's been in, in in the Senate longer than Charles has been alive. But then he was going up against Amy McGrath originally, and she had all the backing of the Democratic Party. Can you speak to a little bit about kind of the uphill battle he had to face in this campaign? Because it was it was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of those underlying themes of the documentary is who gets to make the choices? Is it is it this bigger entity, this bigger power of the, the DNC, hmm. or can can we make choices on our own? And, you know, sometimes it's a predetermined selection. And I, I thought the same, you know, honestly, um, when, when Bernie ran against um, 
you know, Hillary Clinton. I, I thought that was a predetermined selection in, in my own opinion. And I think the same thing here. I mean, there's, if you look at all the people in Kentucky, once the campaign started, they realized, you know, and this is nothing against um, Amy McGrath, you know, sure, sure. she's a great person, but it wasn't, it wasn't really Kentucky's candidate, mm -hmm. even though she ended up winning, she spent $60 million. I mean, you can see, and I, I you know, Charles is so honest and, and you know, when you see his, his frustration, is it frustration or is it just a point of, of clarity? It's yeah. a point of clarity that he was outspent, you know, a ton <laughs> and he still was that close to winning. Absolutely. Um, you know, but, but that's, that, you know, that's always about the people, you know, and the people yeah. came out to vote against, against all odds. So Absolutely. when they saw Charles in the streets, in the street, they, they realized that he was going to be someone that was going to fight for him. And that yeah. was, you know, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, there was another um, kind of thing to add to that uphill battle I'm speaking of. I mean, there was uh, a lot of nods to some of the voter suppression that was going on. It was really intense to see the people who really wanted their voices to be heard banging at that door. Uh, and so that was something part of it, speaking to how, you know, uh, uh, voter suppression was affecting uh, affecting Charles' campaign. That's something you were talking about in this, right? Absolutely. I mean, when we were in the war room and watching those, you know, it's heartbreaking. It was, it was, it was amazing. And, and, you know, just to be able to capture that and to see in real time what was happening um, was special um, because a lot of people don't really understand the inner workings. Mm -hmm. I mean, to work that hard, I mean, let, let's look, I mean, literally there's one polling place in Jefferson County. That's where that's all of hundred thousand people yeah. for seven hundred thousand people, and and of course you know this is because of COVID allegedly and all this, but at the end of the day, it's if that's going to happen, we need to have considerations in place. Mm -hmm. If there's people in line and if there's traffic, I mean, the the, the idea the traffic jam was massive. Mm -hmm. um, you could see it from the aerial shots of the helicopter. Who knows what the results would or could have been if they counted those votes. And then to see how hard they had to work to get a half hour extension. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's a half hour. when I was watching that in real time, I'm like, oh my yeah. God, they're going to get this extension. This is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then when I realized it was only for a half hour, I'm like, whoa, whoa. really? Yeah. That was all that for that? And it's heartbreaking. And you could see it. You could see, you could see it on the campaign's face because they, I think they knew. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it was tough. I mean, there was there was a lot of, um, you know, things that were I mean, uh, loss is something that informed who um, kind of Charles is and what he fights for a little bit. I know, you know, and part of his story is losing his cousin, TJ, uh, murdered in 2016. But then and I didn't know this until I watched your documentary. I mean, he lost five cousins in five years. Um, and then kind of to, to kind of bring the, the loss idea together with another thing that was going on with the. Uh, Black Lives Matter movement and just Brianna. I mean, that's happening there. And that, that was a personal story to him. He knew Brianna, as, as you point out in your film. And I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about either how loss uh, informed who he was and what he wanted to fight for. And also just that movement, how it did affect his campaign. It put him right out in front in a really, really inspiring way. So I'd love to hear you talk about that some. Uh yeah, that's it's uh, it was powerful. I mean, mm. I think when you see, you know, you see a person um, 
that really connects to what's going on. Yeah. You know, it, it's real. And um, that wasn't that wasn't Charles as a politician. It wasn't Charles as a candidate. It was Charles as a human. Yeah, it didn't feel like an opportunistic situation. It felt like an earnest, you know, he had to be out there. It, absolutely. And, yeah. and I, that's, that's why he connects, because people knew he wasn't out there like, hey, can you vote for me? By the way, I'm running for office. He was out there because he had to be because and and, um, you know, that's it's really special because, you know, I think Taylor his one of his campaign advisors had said, you know, the safe choice would have been to stay home. Yeah. But he, he wasn't operating. Um, as a, as a candidate or a politician, and that's what we need. We need people that aren't going to to do that. And uh, you know, it's these lived experiences. You know, yep. I mean, what better person to represent Kentucky than a person that can really relate to all people? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, in Kentucky, and and that's that's hard to find, especially when you're up against the money battle. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 clear how really is. I love seeing that. You see, I mean, we see so much so much phoniness and in politicians, and just over and over again, and it's it's just disheartening. And that's what's so really inspiring when you see a candidate like this. It's not. It doesn't come along every day. I I think it's interesting because you know there's there's so much at play. I mean, I I, I love this 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 part in our film where we talk about. Um, when Jesse Jackson says, when the lights go off in the coal mines, nobody, you know, cares what color your skin is. They don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, that, that's such a powerful testament of what this is all about. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we can't lose fact that, you know, he is the first, um, you know, black person to ever be nominated for federal office in, um, ever, ever in Kentucky. And we were we were out the film festival circuit. We were in Martha's Vineyard, mm -hmm. and Charles came to that event, mm -hmm. and it was the first time, uh, you know, since he had been the nominee, and he got up and we said a couple words, and he just, you know, he said, "Look, you know, I've I've lost track of that. How important this big step is." Yeah. yeah. He just, you know, he just, and it, it's so true. I mean, these are people give up. And in, in these in these races, and we have to kind of acknowledge, you know, how far we've come mm -hmm. in some of these candidates, and that you know, to me that's exciting. You know, it's it's going to be it's I I can't wait till this. I mean, this is happening right now. <laughs> Absolutely, this is all. It's, I mean, thanks. I'm so excited. I like I love you know being able to spread the word here. That's also what's very important about this documentary right now. People need to know about Charles. He's about to take another hopefully step in November if things go well. Um, I wanted to ask real quick about a couple moments on that campaign trail as you're embedded there, because there was uh, I'll speak to one that's very exciting at first. I mean, this moment when these these Hollywood stars are reaching out or he's getting these big endorsements. I mean, you're there in real time capturing that. How exciting was that to see whether it's AOC? I mean, Elizabeth Warren giving him love. That must have been so cool to be kind of a part of it at that moment. It was it was amazing. I mean, it was it was absolutely thrilling. And just to see them just kind of like pile in i mean the jennifer lawrence thing mm -hmm. you, know, you know it's just like it's jennifer lawrence but it was just kind of funny i mean but the aoc you know bernie sanders elizabeth warren yeah. it just happened so fast and you could feel the momentum i mean you yeah. literally could feel the momentum it, mm -hmm. it seemed that you know that's what's so surprising that 
uh, he didn't win. And I'm not, you know, um, who knows like how many votes really got thrown out or how many people really wanted to vote. I think that's the bigger question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a testament to Charles and to the campaign that they took the high ground yeah. and, you know, they didn't contest something mm-hmm. when they thought maybe the votes weren't there. I mean, I personally, in my, what I witnessed, I thought the votes could have, could have gotten there if that whole traffic jam uh-huh. would have been allowed to vote. Yep. I mean, that, that That's to me. Was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Go on. How did you first? How did you first learn of Charles? I think I think it was just on Twitter. I'm I'm always following a lot of progressive yeah. politicians, and I think it was, I think it was around the moment when he started getting endorsements, and I think you know ended up on some of the podcasts I live in. When when that momentum built, I was right away, and you know all of a sudden it's one of those things where, you know, you really find yourself invested in a, in, a, in a race that's in another state, and I'm writing postcards and the whole thing, and just because it was that exciting especially who he might have been going up against i mean there's great villains in your story here i mean i mean mitch is is really someone that's frustrated a lot of people for a long time and just you know really someone who's not looking out for the people so when you find someone looking out for the people in this way it's like i, I want to be involved i want to follow the story as well so i mean what do, what do you think happens next in this story i, I mean we i mean <laughs> Rand paul i mean again to speak to villains in the story I, I was curious. I was going to ask you too. Do you have any thoughts about the November election? I mean, has anything changed with the voter suppression that that we were worried about? Is there is the the momentum? Do you feel continuing going up to Rand, Rand Paul's uh, this you know November election? What what are your feelings on that? I'm curious. You know, again, I, I can't. I don't speak for the campaign. I'm not sure. part of the campaign. Sure. I'm, I'm a yeah. storyteller. Um, but I can tell you right now that Charles Booker has a movement he's mm-hmm. part of the movement yep. he started something that's special in kentucky yeah. and you can see it mm-hmm. you can't see it you know in the national media yeah it, it's not it's not being covered it's not being followed but it's happening i mean there's people coming out to his events mm-hmm. the groundswell's happening and you know that's where he's going to win it. it's going to win it in the trenches he's not going to win it by raise out raising yeah. uh Rand paul he's gonna win it by people power because you know that is the core you know of 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 his movement i mean it's you know amy mcgrath lost by 19.6 percent i mean <laughs> it's a lot but but let's remember for one second about what's going on with roe v wade yes yep um i mean let's go you know what's going on with january 6. Mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of things at stake right now yeah. and Rand paul continues just to be just a farce i mean he's he's Absolutely. in my opinion he's a clown he, he's a narcissist yep he really really is a self and any any sort of issue that he talks about mm-hmm. it always comes back to him grandstanding yeah. and it's about his he's not about the people he's about himself and i think that's just the basics of it i mean when you look at charles he's about the people mm-hmm. Rand paul is about himself yeah. It doesn't get any easier to understand. Yeah. And I think I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think right now, Rand Paul has been refusing to debate Charles Booker. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, I I just, I mean, think for one second. If, if, you're, if you're Senate, mm-hmm. your senator's not willing to debate, that's... What are talking about here? Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, that's from what I understand. It's like, I, I want to see that debate because I know it, it'll just, it'll be as clear as day. Yeah. And, um, what, um, one more question about kind of a moment that, that really hit me. It really was a tough loss because it was all the circumstances that we've been going over. Um, but like now we're talking about how he's, you know, continued that movement. And it was it was about more than him, which is probably, you know, really what what keeps him going. But I mean, I think it says so much about his character, too, that after that tough loss, I mean, he, he reconvened with his family and he, he he's getting back up and he's fighting again. And I just think that was really special. I mean, how was it to see him rebound from this and, and, and move forward? Because I just think that says a lot about who he is. It's interesting, you know, when we finished, um, you know, shooting, you know, when he lost, I honestly hadn't looked that far down the calendar. I didn't understand that there was another race coming two years down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think it was very tough for him. I think that there's, I mean, honestly, I was in a room that had his team basically think that there was a 75% chance that he was going to win. Yeah. That was real. And that, I, you know, to see see that energy and you know but you still see you know charles's composure i mean he's he's such a smart person he didn't think like hey i won yeah you know those are but to see him rebound from that and um just keep at it i mean he started you know uh, um, an organization he's trying to get more people involved in the process he's trying to get people to run for office and you know um like kelsey had said um you know, it was always about finding a way to get people involved in, in politics, mm -hmm. in, in the movement. And it was always bigger than Charles. So, I mean, I think he really believes that. He, he's, he's just kind of like the, the leader of that. And I, it's exciting. It's, yeah. I mean, it's so exciting because I, I, think, I think he's going to win. Win or lose, it, mm -hmm. it's another step in the right direction. I don't think Kentucky will go back after having a candidate like him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're going to recognize that. And that is a huge, huge win for Kentucky and a huge win for our country that he's gotten this far. Now, now let's see what happens. Let's get them on the debate stage. Yeah, I need to see let's that. talk about that. Let's get, let's get back and do a live uh, podcast and watch this debate go down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, this, it is, it's something it's, he's putting in the work. He's inspiring. It's, it's, it's all and the spotlight you put on him here and just, just, the fact that you're helping him tell his story is, is wonderful. The way you did it, like I said to start, I, I was truly inspired by him. Then I was walking away, and I would start stop talking about Charles Booker since I watched your doc. I won't shut up about him. It's great. I, I mean, think about it. You know, some guy that he has no idea. Yep. You know, I'm not I'm not some big filmmaker, right? You know, mm -hmm. and reaches out. He says, "Come on, jump on the bus, join the campaign," and he has no edit control. So it's completely transparent. There's trust. That's crazy. Trust. Yep. So he's got nothing to lose because he's going to be honest. I mean, so he doesn't have to hide anything. Totally. So think about that. I mean, this guy's running for U.S. Senate. He's inviting some some guy into the bus with his camera. <laughs> he's going to, I mean, that that speaks volumes yep. about, you know, his his you know confidence and truth yeah. <laughs> he knows he knows who he is i mean he, if 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 you're willing to just open yourself up like that it means you 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 believe in who you are and and you're you, i mean like you said you have nothing to hide i mean the thing is it's like i always see him engage with people and it's it's about a conversation mm -hmm. and it's about engagement yeah. and it's not about 
here's someone telling you what to do or how it should be. Mm-hmm. It's about let's have a conversation. That's what I noticed most that he was such a great listener. Mm. And, you know, people, people have been shunned for a long time. You know, they have people talking down at them or speaking to them instead yeah. of speaking with them and having a conversation. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, we can, we can learn a lot if we just talk to each other instead of talk at each other. Oh, people, people from the, the hood to the holler, they, they, they haven't been heard. They really haven't been heard. It's people, I mean, it's just going out there. The fact that he's going to them and listening and talking and, and spreading his word. It's just, it's just awesome. It gives me a lot of hope. It's interesting, you know, with, with the floods in uh, Eastern Kentucky and Appalachia, yep. yep. you know, Rand Paul really tried to slam Charles Booker for being out there to bringing water and supplies and, and to adding assistance. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was it was a big thing. He tried to he tried to, um, you know, criticize Charles Booker, and Charles said, "I had to." You know, this is this is me as a Kentuckian, and it's again, it's like he, you know, it's the same thing as when the Breonna Taylor, um, Mm. you know, marches and protests and Black Lives Matter happened. He he had to be out there, and the same thing here, and um, it was interesting, you know, to see Rand Paul hasn't been there and Charles has. And, and, yeah. it, and to me, it's like, it's because he wants to be there, you know, it's his community. It's his community. It's his yeah. home. It's just, these are, these are his people. It's awesome. Well, the documentary is fantastic. Honestly, I, I, I'm thrilled to spread the word. I'm thrilled to get some insight from you on it. I'd really, I'm like I said, it's just, I've been so inspired by it, by the story and the, the way you told it. Thank you. And also your other work. I, I, I feel like you're being modest a minute ago talking about your work as a filmmaker, looking at all you've done and all the stories you're telling. It's all important stuff and it's really, really great. And I look forward to see uh, what you do moving, moving forward. I know you're always going to be out there telling your story. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate being on. This is going to be the hottest summer in history. Life as we knew it before, this is only memories. Chief of the country ain't showing us any empathy. Nah, this is Chuck D, public enemy. This is not a fundraiser, this is real energy. This is not a token friendship, he is kin to me. Don't know how to fuck, you think that this is how it's meant to be. Pick a side, less tweets, more pick a sign. Spent the last two months being told to get inside. Now we outside, cause we sick and tired. 2020 and it's supposed to be a different time. But racism is alive, though they think it's behind us rest in peace to brianna we ain't asking for the moon just police to be honest i don't think it's too much these times got me thinking too much or maybe just enough maybe just enough maybe this is what it takes maybe this is how the levy breaks maybe this is fake maybe this the only way This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.